Good morning. Good morning. How are we all doing this morning? Uh, I just want to say congrats to Michigan fans. That's going to be the litmus test for this morning. If you cheer for Michigan and you do not cheer for Jesus, I know where your heart is at, all right? <laughs> it was a trap. You like that? Uh, but yes, hey, I'm glad you guys are all here. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, and if you're new here, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors on staff. Uh, and hey, we have been going through this series. We have been going through a couple series on prayer. I, I think since the beginning of summer, we, uh, the staff and the elders have just felt like we got to hit home on this, this topic of prayer. Okay, uh, a few months ago, well, I guess a few weeks ago, we were in a series just on the Lord's Prayer, uh, what it means, and, and what is Jesus asking us uh, to pray about. And um, this next series that we're in, okay, we're, this is probably our last week of this series, maybe, uh, this audacious prayer, these scary prayers that we as followers of Jesus, if you have accepted the gospel of Jesus, if you have accepted his death, his resurrection, his life, right, uh, we as disciples and followers and lovers of Jesus should pray, okay? We, you know, the first the first week of that prayer, right, was increase our faith. The next one was search me. Search the stuff that I don't want to see, the things that I need to confess, the things I need to change, right? And the third one was like break me. Absolutely break me. Okay, I forgot the rest. I'm sorry. if I, I'm sure you guys know, but those are the three that, that came off the top of my head. Uh, and, and this morning, all right, uh, this audacious prayer that, we're, that, I, that I hope that we pray um, is that Jesus be enough, okay? That Jesus is enough. And I know if, if you've been in church, you've heard, you've heard people say this stuff. You've heard people say, hey, uh, Christ is enough for you. You've sang that song that Christ is enough for you, that Jesus is all you need, all these things. Like Jesus is enough. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is all that you will ever need in this life. Right? And, but if you're being honest with yourself, if you're being honest, um, you have questions. You got questions. How is Jesus enough? Right? My personal top two questions are, someone tells me that Jesus is enough, and I, I ask how. How is he enough? Because I still desire other things. I still want other things. Right? How is he enough? Because for some reason in this moment, Jesus is not satisfying me. That second question I always ask is, I understand that Jesus is enough with my head, okay? And maybe down to my heart, but with my hands, with my feet, how, how do I live that out? How do I live this truth that Jesus is enough out? Because um, I get it, okay? How, do, how the heck do I live that truth out? And so um, this morning, that is, that's our framework that we're going to be working with. This is the topic we're going to be handling. Uh, and so the framework we're going to be, be dealing with today, just, just to get your minds ready, um, get your hearts ready, is Jesus is enough now, all right? That Christ is enough now, and Christ is enough 
forever. He is enough later. He is enough for eternity. All right, so that's the framework I want us to keep in mind as we go through certain scriptures, as we read, as we go through uh, how do we handle this truth, how do we live it out, um, okay, beyond, you know, our words, uh, but actually living this portion out, all right? Uh, but before we go there, all right, before we go, go there, I know for some of us, uh, these holiday seasons are busy. Okay, I know Thanksgiving is busy. Some of you guys have uh, four Thanksgivings you go to and, and a family you probably don't like or you do like. Who knows? Um, okay, and so I, I just want to give us some time to pray, um, for you to pray to the Lord. Uh, if you're a Ohio State fan, you could grieve your loss in that moment, right? Uh, again, Michigan people, you could praise the Lord that they finally won after 10 years. Um, all right, and, and just other things. If, if you just need to confess some sin to the Lord, if you just need to just ask God to speak to you, I just want to give us some time, some silent time to just be able to pray to the Lord. So uh, a few minutes, commune with God, pray to him, communicate with him, express your love and thanksgiving to him. God, as a church, I think, I mean, as just a people of God, we don't do well in silence because uh, we want to hear now. We want to speak now. We want answers now. Um, but I pray that we would make this a common practice, that we get to just either sit in silence, speak to you, listen to what you might have to say, or just make our heart known to you. Um, God, I know some of these holidays are tough for people. Uh, but as we go through this prayer, you're enough. You're still enough. You're still good. Um, and so as we go through Scripture, as we go through some conversations and within Scripture and see how you reveal yourself to your people, uh, may you reveal yourself to us. May you speak to us. May you convict us. May you just confirm things, affirm things that uh, were already on our hearts. God, may you speak. May this truth of being enough come alive for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We're going to look at a, a passage in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, all right? We're going to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians 12, and we're going to look at that, this first uh, part of the framework that, that we have set, that Jesus is enough now. And uh, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, Apostle Paul speaking about just stuff he's been struggling with, man. And he really gets real with it. And we're going to get into the middle of this conversation. And Paul starts in verse 7. He says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, from getting big-headed, from becoming a show-off, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, and a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited, big-headed, right? In verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. All right, let me read that one more time. Um, Paul says, to keep me from becoming big-headed, from becoming conceited of the surpassing greatness that God has revealed to me, a vision God has revealed to me, uh, God has spoken to me, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming big-headed, thinking I am a bigger Christian than everyone else. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Paul says God revealed some good stuff. He not only revealed some awesome stuff to me, he also put a thorn in my, in my side to keep me from gloating about how God has spoken to me, how God has chosen me, how God has revealed this knowledge to me. Uh, it, he put a thorn at my side so I don't say, hey, did God speak to you like this? I don't think so. Did God do this for you? I don't think so, no. What God did was put a, revealed something and also kept Paul humble. God revealed something, also kept Paul humble. And, and Paul says, hey, man, I, I need you to take this thorn away. I need you to take this away because this surpassing knowledge that I have, I, I do, I do want to share it. Uh, uh, but I'm sure I'm going to get big-headed about it. And so, again, um, he pleads with the Lord three times. He says, no. Uh, as what this thorn is, okay, we don't know. It could be some physical condition. It could be uh, this messenger of Satan, some guy who is just tormenting Paul. Every time he speaks the gospel, there's just a guy who combats it. Uh, it could be, again, he could be losing his sight. Uh, he could have cancer. It could, it could be a ton of things that Paul is referring to here that he's struggling with. It could be a temptation. All right, Temptation is not sin until you give in to it. It could be a temptation uh, that Paul is struggling with. If you're an addict or have struggled with addiction, you understand understand when you're trying to wean off of something, it is really hard not to fall and not to go back to whatever you were addicted to. And, and this is what Paul is saying, man, please save me from whatever is tormenting me. Please. But in Paul's weakness, right, in Paul's weakness, um, we're going to see in, in verse 9, Paul says this, the Lord didn't take away this thorn, to take away this struggle. But he does say this in verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient 
For you, for my power, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. I got this thorn on me. I got this struggle. I got this temptation. I got this physical illness. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want you to notice something. Just because you're struggling and you ask God to take it away does not mean God hates you. Just because you are sick about something and it doesn't go your way, it does not mean that God does not hear you. What he's trying to say is that, hey, my my, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, I want you to use that weakness so you rely on me so you will be strong in the Lord. And this is what the Apostle Paul sees in his weakness, in his struggle, in his temptation, in his whatever is he's struggling with. He's saying, man, Christ is enough. And you know what else he understands? He gets this, that when I am weak, God shines. When I am weak, God is strong. And if God is strong, I am strong. If I am weak, that is where I am my strongest. And I will be content that the Lord is strong for me. All right. Um, I, I made, you know, as I say those things, I know it's, you again, like I said in the beginning, you've heard that, that when your weakness, God is strong, that Jesus is enough, right? Um, but I got some scenarios for us, for, for us to really make sense of why Jesus is enough, why this prayer is a good thing. All right, I got a few scenarios. Scenario number one, they, they get harder, I think, I hope, I don't know. Um, but scenario number one, this, this Christmas, um, you make a Christmas list, right? You ask for stuff and you don't get the one thing you want. The one thing you want, you don't get. Um, And you're all pouty about it. You're like, man, I asked for one thing, and I didn't even get it from my mom or my dad. They don't love me. Right? That's not true. Right? Is Christ enough in that moment, the fact that you didn't get a Christmas gift you want, does that change how good Jesus is? No, your parents changes how your parents love. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Right? Does that change the fact that Jesus is, still good, and he's still a king, just because you didn't want what, get what you wanted. Scenario number two, all right, this is something Janine and I, my wife and I, pray all the time when we go on road trips. Um, you know, we were in Toledo with family, and uh, I prayed, man, I was like, God, please, no traffic, no delays, please. <laughs> I do not want to get stuck in some snow, all right, and Lo and behold, we did. <laughs> Saw two cars, be weird, right? Spin out, got stuck in three types of car accidents, and it was just annoying. Adds an hour and a half to our three-hour trip, right? And I'm, in that moment, I'm like, dang, God, I, I, I prayed about this. <laughs> I prayed that we, we wouldn't get through any delays and all these things, you know? Um, stupid Michigan causing traffic over here, right? And, and it didn't happen. And in that moment, I'm like, man, God, you, you, you don't listen to me. But it doesn't change the fact that God is still good in that moment and that he's still enough for me in that moment, right? Just because he's going to answer my prayer 
God never promised that I would get what I wanted on Christmas. God never promised that there would be no traffic. That ain't found in his scripture. <laughs> right? You don't see that in John 1.1. God said there won't be no traffic. Right? Do you see how we set up ourselves for failure when we, we set that truth of Jesus is enough and we put in our idea of what it looks like for Jesus to be enough that there be no traffic? Jesus is still enough despite the traffic. Scenario number three, you're, you're in a career. You went to school for it. You, you got your degree in it. And all of a sudden, you're in that career, and you're just like, ooh, I hate the people. I hate what I'm doing. I do not like, right, numbers. Why am I an accountant? I don't like being a nurse. It's nasty. I don't want to clean poop, right? You're just unhappy in your career. And, and the, the funny thing is you chose that career thinking it would give you this happiness and joy. Um, and so you have a decision to make. You to either gripe about it, you know, and blame God, like, God, why would you do this? Um, or in that moment, you say, man, God, I know my job's tough, but you're using this to pay bills. You're using this to provide for family. Not only that, you're, you, you've blessed me with this job, and, and in, the, in that moment, in your discontentment of your career, right, is God still enough? It doesn't change that. It does not change the fact that God is still enough. It does not change the fact that God can still use your discontentment in whatever you're doing to turn it around and say, hey, use it for my glory. Scenario number four, um, not having kids, right? This one, this one might hit a little harder for some people. Um, you've been trying to have kids for a while. Or you go through all the tests. You go through to a doctor. Um, you've gone through multiple miscarriages, right? You've gone through multiple miscarriages, uh, and you keep doing these doctor visits, and the doctor finally tells you, hey, you ain't going to have a baby. If you have a baby, you might die. You're not going to have a kid ever, right? Does that change the fact that God is still good? No. Just because you, have a, you can't have a baby, just because you can't have what you wanted, does not mean, this does not change who Jesus is. And you have a choice in that moment and say, is the kid better than Jesus? Is the gift better than Jesus? Is the no traffic right, better than Jesus, right? Is the career you wanted better than Jesus in that moment? Is Jesus enough in all those scenarios? I'm sure, I'm sure that we are in certain circumstances, in certain circumstances that we're in, certain situations that we're in right now, and we're wondering, God, how are you? Who, who are you in this moment? And what he says, right, what, what he says to Paul, he says, in that moment, I'm enough. I'm all you need in that moment. 
right? I want you to look at all those scenarios, right? Because all those scenarios, we, we pray to the Lord. We ask God for protection. We ask God for provision. We ask God for all these things. And certain things that we ask for fall under the promise of God, right? That he will save us, um, Right, that will be in eternity with him, that uh, we are wiped clean from our sin. Right? There's so many promises of God that are his and they will happen, but there are so many wants and desires that we have that we say, hey, this is a promise that God will do for me. But in, in reality, it never was. And so we set ourselves up for this failure and we put ourselves in this predicament of saying, man, God does not love me. But in reality, in that moment, God put you in that situation to show you you that he is enough. Right? I, know, I know some of these scenarios, um, they're just scenarios, but I know we've experienced some of these things. And we just have to hear that. We just have to tell, so, so, for someone to tell us that, man, Jesus is still on the throne. He is still king despite everything you are going through. He is still king. He is still Jesus. And so uh, point one over here, right? So that no matter the situation or circumstance, good or bad, God is still good. Let, let, let me share something with you. I, I normally don't share this story, or maybe I have. Um, uh, growing up in church, I grew up in a church, um, a Baptist church, and, um, you know, loved it. You know, I found what God wanted me to do, uh, to go into ministry, to be, to be a pastor, a uh, youth pastor in particular. Um, you know, everything was going well. Got hired on staff, started to get, uh, you know, started to get paid, um, okay? And then at the same time, I was going to school. Uh, I was going through Bible school. They were actually putting me through school. Uh, and, and as I started to go to school, as I started to deepen my walk and, and knowledge and, and just follow after the Lord, I started to realize something that, man, um, is this church preaching the gospel, is this church preaching Jesus? Um, I heard the name of Jesus, uh, but I also heard a lot of money. <laughs> right? If you got, want God to bless you, accept Him. If you got, if you want what God, if you want what God um, has for you, meaning has for you what you want. If, if you want what you want, go to God and He'll give it to you. Right. And in a matter of months, I started to speak up towards the staff. I said, hey, we are not preaching the gospel here. We're not talking about the gospel. And you know what happens? I get on, uh, I'm on disciplinary leave or whatever it is. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like 19 at the time. I'm just speaking like, hey, uh, we're not talking about the gospel. I get suspended. And you know what? Uh, I just kept speaking up. I said, we're, we're, we're preaching prosperity stuff. Jesus never promises riches of money on this earth. He never promises us uh, that I will get everything I wanted. Because that would be great if I did. Uh, you know, we would all get exactly what we wanted. But that's not the case. The gospel is not that. This gospel is not a genie in a bottle. Jesus is not some genie in a bottle. He never promises us a healthy life. He never promises us a spouse. He never promises us kids. He never 
promises us um, money and riches and a big house. He never does those things. And this is what was being preached. And I said, man, this is wrong. This is, this is all wrong. This is not the gospel. The gospel is, it aims for eternity. The gospel aims that we enjoy Christ, that he is enough uh, despite everything that we have and want and whatever circumstance uh, we, we are in, Jesus is going to be enough. And that is all we need. And so I, I, I left. I left the church I grew up in. I left the church. All the people I knew, my support system, right? I just bought a car. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it, right? God paved the way for me to work at this awesome place, promoted me to be a host at Cheesecake Factory, right? Um, you know, <laughs> It worked out. Jesus was still enough. And you know what was running through my mind in that whole time? God, is the only reason that I was following you, was that the, being on staff at the church, was that the only reason I was following you the whole time? No, God was working on my heart and showing me that, hey, um, <laughs> you don't need that job to follow me. You know that, right? And so... You know, fast forward, uh, I get to meet my wife. You know, all these things, right? God was just setting up these plans and just revealing that he was enough. And I love what Paul says, right? Despite the thorns, despite all that he uh, has gone through, he says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me, right? I'm going to boast in the Lord despite my weakness, despite whatever I'm going through, all right? despite me being on a hospital bed, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions. For when I am weak, then I am strong. No matter the situation or circumstance, boast in Jesus. He is enough. John 14, 8, 10. We're going to look at a conversation um, that John, uh, that Jesus and Philip are having, okay, uh, before he is about to be betrayed, before he is about to be hung and beaten on the cross. Uh, Philip, one of his disciples, uh, who has seen a lot of what Jesus has done in, in his three years of ministry. And so in verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is enough for me. Lord, uh, Philip says, show us the Father, and that is enough. And here's what Jesus' response is in verse 9. He says, Jesus said to him, Philip, Yo, have I not been with you so long and you still do not know who I am? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father, right? You have to understand that Philip was one of the, the third disciple that Jesus called to him. Okay, Philip was one of those guys when they were feeding the 5,000 that uh, Jesus asked Philip, hey, how, or, or, uh, how are we going to feed these people? Okay, Philip was one of the guys on the boat when Jesus walked on water when he calmed the storm. Philip was one of those guys at the wedding when water was turned to wine. Philip was one of those guys when blind people were getting healed. He was one of those guys. He was in that circle where he saw Jesus and all the amazement that Jesus can do. He experienced Jesus firsthand physically, and he says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. And here's Jesus, compassionate as heck, and he says, look, have I not been with you this long, man? You still don't get it. You want to know the Father? I am him. That's me. You, you, 
you want to see who God is, look at me. Look at Jesus. And the thing is, um, we tend to have this Philip mindset that, you know, for some of us, we follow Jesus for a while, right? Uh, but then we go into this, this statement of, God, if, God, if you do this for me, God, if you show me this, then I will believe in you, then I will follow you. Right? And you've been Christian for like 20 years, and you're still, you're still saying that what-if statement. Right? And Philip, who has seen amazing things for three years, okay, uh, is saying the same statement. God, if you show us the Father, then I will, that, that'll be good enough for me. Right? In, in this same context, we have that mentality. We tend to forget what God has done for us. We tend to forget that we have experienced God in amazing ways. It, for, for you parents out there, you had a, a child. That is an experience. That is a blessing that comes from God. Right? Uh, for us, if you've followed the Lord all these times and you've grown in the Lord, you know what? That's not because of you. That's because you are experiencing Jesus. Do not forget you know, what God has done for you in, the, in your past. Look at your past. I'm not talking about the bad stuff. I'm talking about the good stuff, the good stuff that God has saved you from. Right? I look, just yesterday, I look back, man, if I did not see these three, two cars swerve in front of us, that could have been us. Right? I just think, man, God did protect us, even though it took an hour and a half longer, right? God did protect us. God did provide for us in so many instances. There's so many things that we could look back to and say, man, God has provided. God has been so good. Let's not forget that. And this is what Jesus is saying to Philip. Have I not been with you all this time? And you still are, are asking for more? <laughs> and Jesus, in a way, I'm sure he's saying, man, Philip, you want to you want more, man? I am the more. I am the more that you wanted. Look at me. Point two, don't forget. Don't forget that you're, you're following Jesus. That guy who died on the cross for you, that guy who loves you, that guy who, who you know, that severed relationship that we had with God because of, of sin, you know, the guy who fixed it, that guy, he's enough. In every single circumstance that you are in, he is enough. You're not caught up at work, he is enough. Your job is running you through the ground and you just need a day off, right? Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough in every single circumstance and situation. He is it. Last piece. You know, that framework, uh, Jesus is enough for eternity. Um, do you know that our life here is temporary? It's temporary. That if you're a follower of Jesus, you have something to look forward to. That if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is enough now, right? We get to experience some of those heavenly moments. But you know you have later to look forward to also? You don't get what you want here on earth, right? But you know what? You're going to get the riches and whatever Jesus has to offer up in heaven. Jesus is enough now and later. That is the difference 
and why Jesus is sufficient. He's not just a meal. He's not just breakfast, lunch, dinner. He is 24-7. He is everything you need. He's not just some meal you, you get, right? And he's not just something that sustains us. He is the only thing that can sustain us forever. And this is how he does it in Ephesians 2, 4, 8. He says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up, um, and raised us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, in the future, he might show you the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. Okay? It is the gift of God. This is our eternity with Jesus. And we get to experience that now. But we're going to get to experience the fullness later also. So don't just focus on the present, but also look forward. That's the advantage. If you're a lover of Jesus, that's the advantage you got. You love Jesus, you get to look forward. If you don't love Jesus, you got nothing to look forward to. Um, When Janine and I met, um, I don't think I've even shared this story. Janine and I uh, met in 2014, March 23rd, 2014, only bus seat open, right? Boom. Had to sit with me. All right. She's so lucky. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, at the time, I was only eating Fruit Loops as my main dish. Um, but, you know, uh, met Janine. I was about to graduate from, from Nyack College. Um, met her on her youth retreat, both serving the Lord. I was like, dang, she's serving the Lord. Here we go. Um, right? And, and, you know, a, a few weeks after, we started, just started dating. Uh, I accepted my first job, right, in April 2014. Um, and uh, my first real ministry job in April 2014. Um, and uh, we, we were long distance for two years. Um, I hated long distance. I hated long distance so much. I bought an Xbox, put it in front of the TV, uh, started playing Xbox. I put Janine on FaceTime in front of the TV, so it looked like I was paying attention to her, right? <laughs> um, right. I, I, I did things to try to just make sure I was paying attention, just all these things. Um, but uh, eight months later, eight months later into dating, uh, I proposed, right? We, we got, she said yes. Lucky for her, right? I asked, um, right? <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, but, you know, I proposed, and we set a date. We set a date, January 24th, 2016, right? We set a date, and, and, and so uh, you could clap for that, shoot. <laughs> Michigan, clap. Janine and I got married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, and, and so Janine and I set that date, and uh, you know what's, what kept us going? Right? You know what kept that long-distance stuff going? Yes, we loved each other, okay? Uh, yes, we, we enjoyed each other as much as we could on FaceTime, right? I'm kissing the screen. She's kissing the screen. No, <laughs> I was like, right? She, you know, as much as we can, but, you know, as the countdown started, it started to get real. It started to really get real. 
Like, wow, I'm about to be married to the most beautiful woman in the world, right? I'm about to be married. I'm about to get to spend the rest of my life on this earth with a girl I actually really like, right? Um, and in this same way, we, don't, we might not know our date when we're going to get into heaven, right? We, we, we might not know that date. Uh, but it's got, there is a date. There is an eternity that we can look forward to. There's something, not just now, but later, that we get to look forward to and enjoy with Jesus forever. And the last point is this. Get excited for that, man. Get excited that your life here on this earth, right? I'm sure you've had some measurable moments on this, in this lifetime. I'm sure you have. And I'm sure in those miserable moments, you've got to experience the Lord's goodness. But guess what? In eternity, you get that forever and ever and ever, whatever that is. All right. Paul uses the language immeasurable rich, uh, riches of his grace and, uh, and kindness to, towards us in Christ. There's countless of Psalms that show David saying, one thing I ask, right? That, may be, that I may be, um, that may see Christ and I get to know him. That's the one thing I want. And I pray that as a church, that be the one thing we want. That be the prayer that, man, God, be enough for me. And when you pray that, all right, if you're serious about Jesus being enough, get ready to possibly lose something. Get ready to possibly sacrifice something. Because you want Jesus to be Lord in your life, he's going to do it. It might hurt. It might not hurt. Who knows? But it's going to be good. You'll get to draw close to the Lord. And as Paul said, you'll get to boast in him. Right? In your weakness, you'll get to be strong. And being reliant on the Lord is the best place for us as a church, as lovers of Jesus, as a people of God. Let's pray. God, I know that this truth is hard. It's even hard for me to say, but it's all over your word how, how you're just enough. You are enough. And I pray, Father, as a church, uh, that we get to experience that. I pray as a church we get to um, have sto stories to tell about how, man, Jesus was still good in this moment. And I pray as a people of God that we will not be scared to pray this. Because if we really love you, why would we not pray a prayer that draws us closer to deepen our love for you? And so I just ask, God, that, man, I know, I know for me, may, may you do what it takes for you to be the Lord in my life, my marriage, um, within this church. And I pray that same prayer just, just for us, that you will be, do whatever it takes for, for you to shine, for you to, to be on top. Um, God, thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you, you were the only one, your son, Jesus, he was the only one, right, that could fulfill this, this thing that we get to look forward to, to eternity. And that's our future. And we get to experience some of that now and 
we get to look forward to that. Thank you for that. I, I ask God that we, you just, yeah, you speak to us throughout this week, and and we just live for you as best as we can. And uh, if we fall, God, that we we come to you and confess and ask for forgiveness, get back up and start following you all over again. Um, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.